Tigers, and welcome to another episode of Torpedo Swim Talk. I'm your host, Danielle Sperling, and each week I chat to a master swimmer from around the world about their swimming journey. I was delighted to sit down and chat with open water swim champion Sam Shepherd for today's episode. Sam has won the iconic Lawn Peter Pub on Victoria's Surf Coast seven times. He's triumphed in WA's Rottnest Channel race and has represented Australia on the FINA World Cup circuit, pulling in some impressive swims over the journey. Among these many accolades, I found a humble and inspiring swimmer who has a unique and wonderful attitude to the water. Let's hear from Sam about his swim journey. Hi, Sam. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's um yeah, always happy to come on and talk about my swimming adventures, I suppose. Yeah, I know. I, I'm the same. I love talking about swimming. I could do it all day. W- when did you get your last swim in? Uh, it was probably yesterday, actually. Um, did about 4K in the pool. And then on the weekend, I was swimming just at the beach down on the surf coast. I was in my bathers about an hour. So that was about 13.5, just helping coach my old man who's swimming the English Channel actually this year. So I'm heading over there and helping him. So oh, awesome. need to get him across. But, yeah, so that was 13.5 degrees is a little nippy, but it's just fresh and the water's really clear and there's nothing better than being out in the ocean, I suppose, not really wearing a wetsuit, just bathers and it's just nice. Yeah, it's, it is. And when you, when you come out, you get that, that cold water sort of um, adrenaline rush, don't you? Yeah, and then you kind of can't feel your feet. You've got all you've got is an esky full of hot water to warm up with. <laughs> what beaches your dad do most of his training at? Um, he lives at Torquay, so I'm actually down at Torquay at the moment. Um, so he swims out at Cozy Corner, but I think that day we were out at Janjuk, just swimming down towards Bells and back, um, which is quite nice. So you end up being about four, a couple of hundred meters offshore, and yep. just peaceful. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful out there. I know I spend my summers down at um, Anglesey at Point Road Night and I love, love swimming down there. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, I swam from Torquay to just past Point Road Night. What was that in summer? And that was, I think that was about 22K. And that's just, it was actually meant to be from Torquay all the way down to Lawn, which is going to be 43. But uh, I was about a couple of hundred metres off. This, this has never happened before. I had my mate on jet ski and I got the heebie-jeebies because I could smell dead fish. And um, I'm still killing myself. Like, I've never got the heebie-jeebies before. But, yeah, when you're about 500 offshore and I got out, I was killing myself. I was about – I'd done the most sketchy part of the coast as well. Um, but, yeah, I was a little bit annoyed at myself because no one swum. Like, I know pretty much where everyone swam in Victoria and most of the swims have been done. But, yeah, the surf coast is very um, – hasn't been swum that much. So, like, I know a couple of people have even done Torquay to Anglesey and yeah. one of them happens to be my dad. So, um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I want to do Torquay to Lawn, which I'll probably end up doing next summer. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a massive swim. Yeah, it's about 43. Yeah. So it's, um, it's long, but it's just it's a day out. Um, yeah. And it, it's peaceful. You're not racing, so you're not – it may sound stupid, um, but as long as you eat it, good amount of nutrition and i'm lucky that i did used to do 10ks um marathon races is a that was my main event so yeah it's it's just i find it peaceful but yeah so during summer i did a couple of 20k swims just why not yeah why not (laughs) is that um you you 
mentioned that your dad's going to do the English Channel. Will that be his furthest open water swim or has he done some others? No, nah, he's done Rottnest and he's done a lot around Victoria, but that'll be his mm. furthest one. And I've actually never gone over like 26K or 27K, so he'll swim further than me. So I actually need to then swim further than him, um, else he'll probably give me a bit of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever do the English Channel? It's not on the to-do list. I've got a few other swims on the to-do list that I'd love to tick off, um, yep. whether I get to tick them off, but I'll, hopefully I'll get to tick them off in the next couple of years. Yeah, and what would they be? Uh, or are you being secretive, but you don't want to say. I'll be a bit secretive. You, <laughs> okay. You'll find out. It's yeah. Fair enough. Oh, okay. I'll, t- I'll, tell, you la- I'll tell you later. <laughs> tell, tell us after. <laughs> Look, I wanted to start by talking about um, the Peter Pub or Lawn Peter Pub, which you've won seven times and you own the race record. Um, pretty iconic race and we know all those all the people that live in Victoria how huge it is and gets like 5,000 competitors 5,000 plus I wanted to play, play you a bit of a race grab from 2017 and get your thoughts on it well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. At the moment, it looks like it is a race in two between Mac Horton and Sam Shepard. As you heard from Hayden, a three to four length uh, body length there for Mac Horton over Sam Shepard. Sam's going to be hurting, and he'll need to really, really put pull in the big ones here, Brad, if he's going to get back into this and become a seven-time winner of the Peter Pub. Mac Horton is now in the box seat to become an Olympic champion and a Peter Pub winner. He's got about four, four body lengths on Sam Shepard, and Harriet Brown looks like she's got it in control of the females. And there's Mac out in front now, but you can see that wave behind him. That's exactly what we're talking about. Sam's on a wave. Here he comes. This is going to be fantastic. One arm, that great surf technique. Oh, he's caught up to Mac Horton already. Just what we talked about, Duncan. Here they go, they're going stride for stride, it's come down to a sprint. Mac Horton and Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard is going to get over the top of him, just like 2015. Sam Shepard is the 2017 GMHBA Lord Peter Pub winner, just in front of Mac Horton. What a sprint finish that was. Does that still uh, give you goosebumps? <laughs> I like that swim I always grew up with. Because I grew up down on the surf coast, always had a kind of. I've been lucky enough to have grandparents with a beach house down here, and I remember I yep. first swam it when I was thirteen, um, and I was lucky enough to actually mm-hmm. win the juniors that year. And I think from that year, I think Nick Cordner won it, who I'm good friends with. Um, and I only ever really wanted to just win it once. Um, that that was yes. you, you win something once, and I'm kind of that person you win it anymore that's great but it's really just the one that um means a lot personally but um so kind of after i won that first one that was in i think 2009 i won that up in a uh, run up the beach actually with jack hanson and riley schmidt um and then it was more because i was i've got a big surf background i don't know how many people know that how i've got aussie medals i've um, won everything or won a lot of times in the down in Victoria state champs and yeah, done really, really well up at Aussies, both for Victorian clubs and Queensland clubs. So I've really got that um, surf background of um, just being able to catch anything that's available, whether it's broken, whether it's small, whether it's, it's big, because probably that grew up just playing at the beach, body surfing um, and then running up the beach. You just kind of learn that. Um, really that transition into wading and then running. 
And I think in that 2017, in that clip uh, you showed me, I'd, I stopped swimming in really an elite level in 2016 after I just missed uh, Rio Olympics in 10K. Um, and I think I was just finishing off my uni degree that year and I was probably swimming maybe like three sessions a week. So it wasn't massive. Um, and then when I was versing like Max coming off being Olympic gold medalist and it's like, he's a, he goes 341 for 400. So you're always going to be really, really good at open water, but it's a bit like a kind of a four, 400 medley, uh, 400 freestyle going to say like another stroke in the pool. It's not, it's not what he does. Um, and yeah. so I suppose I was lucky enough that I'm really good at sticking on people's washes, but when he just kind of got away from me, I was like, okay, well, I'll just do my own race. And I knew that there were always going to be waves in play. And it's even though Mac had had first shots at them, if you don't get them, another wave will come along. Um, so it's not, a, it's not a fluke, but just skill in the sense of when I call that wave, it's, it's incredibly difficult to hold on to waves like that. Like I'm unfit at the moment. I don't, I couldn't hold on to a wave like that after going K max at the moment. Um, it's incredibly hard. And cause you can't I think that wave was really, really small. I've had waves. I've had waves in other years where they've been a lot bigger, but you literally have to kick so hard just to stay on those waves. Um, I'm not sure if like no one probably really sees that how hard you've got to kick and you've already gone to, K max and suddenly you've like oh to like try to hold onto this wave <laughs> and then then the thing with the lawn and it's probably one of the biggest tips which has meant I've been able to execute every single out of the water run up the beach whether it's in surf or at lawn peter pub is when you're swimming it's kind of a bit of a tip like and if you do want to run up the beach if that's your goal really quick is it's so hard to judge when to stand up, whether it's too early, too late. And if you do stand up at the correct time, if you do stand up first and it's too deep, you probably lost the body length. But if that other person stands up before you, you start running and it's massive. And I think with Lawn and all those other, other races, if you can just focus on seeing where everyone's standing in the water and um, work, judge it off them, because I can't judge it looking down at the sand. And it's like, okay, the water's that deep, it's at their hips. And you know exactly when, when to get up and that, 0.5 of a second or a second that's not that big of a dis distance in swimming but i'm no sprinter but 0.5 of a second is massive like that's a good couple of meters and that yeah. just then puts the pressure back on the other swimmer and that's that's really what i did in that race then and then in the run up the beach whether it's surf lifesaver or, or kind of peer to pub you know you know if you're quicker than someone up the beach or if they're quicker than you so you know if you're, if they're going to beat you nine times out of 10 or if you're going to beat them nine times out of 10. And that was kind of the mentality running up the beach. Um, you just know you're a quicker swimmer. And I know there's people who I do not want to race running up the beach where it's like, oh, if I don't get a little bit of a gap, I may as well just walk up the beach. It's like Tour de France cycling where Mark Cavendish at his peak, you just couldn't beat him. So it's like, what do you do? You've got to try other things. Or if you're the person that can just if you know you're going to run up the beach and beat someone, why would you bother swimming away from them? There's, there's no point. Like then they could catch a wave. Yeah. Uh, they could catch a wave from behind you. So it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to, that wasn't in that instance with Mac, but other instances, it's like, well, I'm not going to bother swimming away from you, even if I could, because that risks potentially you catching a wave past me. So I'll just 
beat you up the beach. <laughs> it's just playing with those, that's kind of those things that go through my head. A bit more strategy in the sense of a win's a win. Um, it doesn't matter if you win by 10 seconds or one second. Exactly, yeah. And, I mean, I was on the beach that day and saw that live and I, I know that was a small wave that you caught and I, I was looking back at the footage when I was researching this and your head was up the whole time. I know when I catch a wave I have to keep it down to even stay on the wave. Well, that that's purely just like needing the air. It's it's one thing like when I just go out the back of the beach, Janjak or wherever and go body surfing, I can like you can hold your head down. You don't need the air, but when you've gone 10 minutes um, of just <laughs> max effort aerobic, like you're breathing twos, yes. you can't just go 10 or seconds or 15 seconds without breathing. So it's like, okay, well, I need to get the air in, which is one thing, but I need to make sure I kick else I'm going to fall off. So you kind of, yeah, you got to play it pretty smart because you can't, in a surf race, or say only four minutes, you can hold your head down because you haven't, it's more of a sprint, but in those kind of 12 minute like efforts you're doing in lawn, um, you actually need that air. It's a lot harder after 10 minutes of swimming to just try to put your head down. You, I don't know many people would be able to do it. I can name a few, but yeah, it's pretty yeah. difficult. When, when you're training for a race like lawn, do you put those, that kind of um, catching waves, then running up the beach into your training at the beach or no so like 95 i was always just training for 10k swims um 10k marathon swims so that's the olympic event which started in beijing um and that was always my training so all my training was done in the pool and then i did surf life saving as grew up down at the beach so i'd always just drink summer you're just playing at the beach um you grow up doing nippers and you build those skills that way so when I was probably that 19 or I think how old, I was probably like 25, like I wasn't doing any, I was more just going on past experiences and um, milking it for that. But it was all, the, all that training or mainly just mucking around at the beach back when I was a eight-year-old to 15-year-old in between the surf running in and out. That's where I got those skills rather than when I was training full-time, I wasn't doing any of that and then, back towards that 2017 or 2016 I wasn't doing any of that but I was just purely swimming um so yeah it's more just to get your kids like it's like those fine motor skills that you learn if I never played tennis but it's if you start tennis when you're an eight-year-old even if you quit when you're 13 if you pick up a racket you're going to be so good anyway yeah yeah absolutely and you just mentioned um, talking about the 10K and I wanted to have a talk about your time on the um, the Dolphins team. And you started off as a pool competitive swimmer. What made you transition into open water and marathon swimming? Oh, well, I, I started pool swimmer just pretty much just because you need to learn to swim. Yeah. Um, and my parents had a bit of a weird rule. I never knew about it, but we can only quit swimming um, once we qualified for states it just meant just meant you were a little bit better than learn to swim and then they could not really look after you at the beach um but i grew up with like when i was swimming i had a lot of just mates around me and then you go to swimming so you want to hang out with your mates um and i did surf life saving at the same time so i you kind of put both of those together i think i did my five, first 5k when i was 15 okay um, oh, no, that was my first 10K, actually. So pretty, like, fair way for a 15-year-old. 
Um, and then I think I made my first Australian junior team when I was 15. And then I was just doing World Cups for uh, so that's World Cups is kind of like the World Cup circuit. So you go race in China, Europe, uh, America, Canada, some great. I love racing in fresh water so much more than salt. It's just like fun. It's You think of every, like I, I suppose down in Melbourne, down here, you think of open water swimming at the beach, but I love just swimming in nice lakes. Um, freshwater lakes are amazing. And like I've swum in some of the places in Canada, we'd just be racing each weekend over in Canada. But I suppose I was one of those teams, if you talk about the Dolphins, it's like making world champs, the Comedy Games or Olympics. Like that's really what you're aiming for. But I was traveling a lot um, and going to World Uni Games and racing 10Ks all over the world. But I think in 2011, I just missed the world champs. That was for Shanghai. That was it. Um, and then 2013, I then just missed the world champs again. Um, that was by 0.07. Um, so that's this, that was over 5K. So that's just tiny. But I kind of, for anyone who, any master swimmers, any swimmers that don't know what overwater swimming at the elite level is, it's pretty much just like a peloton in cycling. Um, it's all, you're just drafting off each other, swimming really efficiently in a pack. It's, I always think of this is come back to more tips, but if you're the one that feels like you're getting bashed up in open water, chances are it's, you're in the wrong spot. It's actually you causing it. Um, like that's how I always look at it. You shouldn't, open water shouldn't really be an aggressive sport if people think of like lawn, Peter Pub or other things. Oh, you get hit all this. Occasionally going around boys you do where it gets congested, but yeah, it's really just nice and smooth and you just get sucked along. But so I, I just missed Worlds in 2013 and then I finally made it in 2015 and um, I was actually swimming really, really quick. So that was over in Russia, Kazan. And um, so that was my first world champs and I was like pretty, pretty stoked on getting onto it and after just missing a previous couple. Um, and for that duration, sorry, I'm jumping around a bit. I'd actually moved up to the Gold Coast. So I moved up to the Gold Coast in 2013. Um, so I was training with Colin Broad, who took Kai Hurst to the 2012 Olympics. And I also had George O'Brien, which was on, he was on Worlds with me. I had Yasunari Irie, who Japanese open water swimmer. He finished, I think, seventh in Rio. So like some pretty good swimmers. Like it was a good bunch of us. I think I was maybe the slowest 1500 swimmer there with a 15, like 25 or something. Like, like it, was a, it, was a, it was a good bunch and really just good life training up on the Gold Coast, how it'd go out. Um, go out training in the morning, then just go out for breakfast. It was, it was really, and then weekends, I'd just drive down to Byron for a surf with my housemate. Um, but yeah, so Russia was, um, I remember, so I qualified for the five and 25. I didn't have the 10. Um, and the five, I was pretty disappointed with. It was pretty, bit of an average race. Like I think I got about 20th, maybe 10 seconds behind first. Um, so that, that's how close it is. And then other 25K, I think a week later, and I'd never swum 25K before. Um, I'd done 10Ks, lots of them, but no 25. And I kind of went into it with the mentality of, oh, well, I know I can swim 25K. Like I just knew I could even without doing it. So I was like, okay, well, I might as well swim it to win it or pull out. And that was kind of the mentality. Um, I didn't end up winning it. I finished sixth, maybe two minutes behind the winner. But for that 25K, what was I? I think it was like four hours, 56, which is like 111 pace. So it's 
so it's like 250 100s at one so you're moving quick um so i was pretty stoked with that result and then coming back to melbourne uh or coming back i just because none because the two australians one of my training mates they actually didn't qualify because he qualified for the olympics the year out for 10k and none of them qualified so i was back home and so then I was coming off world with a really, really good result, best out of any of the guys there. So then I had to get back up ready for Olympic trials in March, uh, in February in Malulba. This is 2016. And unfortunately, just missed the Olympics, but that's how the cookie crumbles. wasn't good enough. And my good mate, Jared Port, actually got it, and he's swam in Rio. Um, so he, he's swam a great gutsy race there. And that was kind of my time on the, on the Dolphins. It was – yeah, it was – was do I have any regrets of such? Not really. I've got it's it's more about the friendships that you you create, whether that's um, guys that I was training with up on the Gold Coast or racing, and then the ones I was racing overseas. Um, they're a lot more important than I suppose any results that you could get. And that's like I'm always texting them. Always like we're all washed up now. Um, I'm th- I'm 31 at the moment. You're not washed up, fit. Sam, at 31. <laughs> I just try to stay fit, um, but that's that's really how I see my time. Yeah, on those sorts of elite teams, like elite sports, fun, but the friendships and the mates you have—that's even better than any result you could get. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've um, really hit the nail on the head and I think that's why a lot of people are attracted to swimming, to go and see their friends and, and to have that sort of comradeship that you you get when you're training and sort of um, seeing them, seeing each other at your worst and your best when you're in the pool. And Yeah, it's especially in like you get to, you really get to make good friends when you're racing each other in 10K for two hours. It's... <laughs> Um, and, then, sure. and then you go out and hit, hit sure. the beers afterwards. So it's a very kind of fast <laughs> lifestyle and it's, yeah, pretty good. And you get to, like, pull soon as they get to swim in some pretty good locations. But, like, when I've, like, I was swimming, can't, raced 10K in Cancun where in Mexico where you'd, you'd finish the race, you'd literally get out and you'd walk to the, the pool looking over the beach that has one of those beach bars in it and just grab a beer and you're still in your race suit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, and I, or, or as I mentioned before, like swimming in Canada in lakes that freeze over that you could drive in, drive in, drive on in winter. And they're just, they're amazing places. Beautiful. Yeah. With the, um, the open water racing. Um, so you just mentioned the 2016 um, Olympics and, is it Australia only or only one representative per distance? Yeah, so how it it's a bit weird because or a bit different. So the numbers at world champs, it's always two from each country and it's like 70 swimmers. Right. It's it's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. The pack's big. Yeah. The pack's big, it's really intense. Um there's no room for error or you stuff up a turnaround as boy, and you suddenly had 10 people go past you. At Olympics, it's a reduced field to 25, so which most open water don't agree with. So you get automatic qualification if you're top 10 at Worlds of the year before. So it's great if you qualify the year before, but to get two people in it from your country, they both have to finish top 10 at that Worlds. So if you only have one, you only get one in, or if you get none, then you can only get one in. So only a few countries ever get two swimmers in. It's mostly just one of, yeah, 25 swimmers is not many. Good, good, good odds if you qualify. Like, 
three in 25 on getting a medal, one in 25 and winning. It's good odds. Yeah, very good odds. But I I always think it's a little bit, it's a bit rough for the open water swimmers. Uh, It is, it is rough, rough, but yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, most open water swimmers will think, yeah, very, very rough. I do as well. Um, But, and considering worldwide, like so many people swim in lakes, oceans, wherever compared to, I don't want to say a lot of people swim in the pool, but it's such a big number, but oh well. Yeah. Yeah, huge, huge numbers. And I think, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that during COVID, those numbers ballooned because pools were closed all over the place and people looked for other places to swim. Yeah, and I suppose in in winter down in Melbourne and Victoria, if anyone know the area down here, typically the open water conditions are a lot nice, nicer. You've got the correct winds. You don't have all those southerlies, um, so you've got less chop. And in in winter, the water's just a, that much clearer as well. So even though summers, the water's warmer, winter, it's it's really, really nice just to swim in. Yeah. Now let's take a look or have a bit of a chat about your Rotnest um, solo channel win in 2019. Obviously, that's a 20K swim. Was that the first time that you'd done it? Yeah, so it all started in, I've wanted to do Rotto for ages, but it just wasn't. I had other goals that I was chasing and I kind of stopped swimming properly in 2016. I was just doing like four sessions a week between them. And But in 2018, I went over and did Rotness just with a few mates um, as a team. Like I'd recommend doing Rotness as a team with just, just friends. It's such an amazing day. Just being on a boat all day, you get to Rotto and then you've got slabs of beer in your boat, you drink on you drink on your boat, then you head up to the pub. It sounds like I'm an alcoholic, but I'm not. Um, it's just all part of the and so I, I did that. Um and it was it was really fun. We we're just a couple of old swimming mates, four of us. We had a great boat, we we're just enjoying ourselves. But my my dad was doing it for the first time solo in 2018. He's got a a lot of his friends down in Torquay, I think some have done it like 10 times, ridiculous amounts. And now they're all doing it solo. And the next day, at, um, uh, I think we we're at the Cot Hotel in Cottesloe and they're all having a few beers. I was having a few beers and I was stupid enough to say, oh, I reckon I could win this next year. Here's me that's like not even swimming that much, a few beers deep and it's like, oh, yeah, I can win this. Um, so then I think come November in 2018 and I was down at Torquay swimming and it's like, oh, are you going to do Rotness solo this year? Try to win. I'm like, oh, I've really kind of got myself in a corner. And so I was swimming a little bit and I got back in the pool with, I was swimming at MSACs living in South Melbourne and um, I was swimming in the fast lane and I moved across and I was training with uh, Melbourne Vic Centre, training with Kenny Monk and a few other good open water swimmers. And I, I was getting really quite quick. Um, and I was also training, so I'd train before work and then after work, I'd swim by myself and I'd do, I'd train at my race pace because I wanted to hold one tens for the rightness swim. So I'd dive in and do like 10, 400s long course on 440 and just get out. <laughs> like, so I was pretty fit and don't do that. I wouldn't say do that if you, you know, your shoulders can't hack that. Like it's pretty stupid. <laughs> it's not that smart diving in and going straight to your like a fast pace like that but then in a 20k swim you don't get any warm-up so i tried doing that a few months ago and my shoulder not 440 but jumping in and doing 10 400 and i got like five and my shoulders were cooked um so i was really just 
balancing all that around work. And then I, the goal was I was going to do, because in Melbourne and Victoria, you've got all the so many ocean swims throughout summer. I normally just pick and choose which ones I go to. But I'm like, okay, I better do a lot of them to get fit just to help with that fitness and training. So I was like doing, I do the one, they often have two swims a day. Um, so say uh, you mentioned you had holidays down at Anglesey Point Road night swim, you do the 2.5 and I back up, do the 1.4. Then so I was, and that was my only goal. And then when Peter Pub that year, I actually did, I didn't, winning it wasn't a priority. I just wanted to win Rotnest. Um, so I did the 5K, did that. And then I think I, did it? Did the one point two again? I think Hayden kind of beat me by a couple of seconds, but I was like, nah, I, it wasn't about Peter Pub that year. Because I'm like, I've won that. I just want Rotnest, and and I knew Rotnest was going to be. It was a pretty hot field that I was racing. So I'd race Mainstone. He got back in the water. He was a top open water swimmer. Um, he went to maybe two or three worlds. He's a couple a year older than me, really, really quick. And I knew he, he was coming back and swimming it. So I was like, okay, I better, I better do it pretty good job i don't want to lose this um so then flew over there over at rotness my dad's doing it again solo um this year uh in 2019 i was doing it and i had my uh partner ellen gandy feeding me um as my feeder off the boat and kind of had a race plan of okay let's cruise to 10k and then just smash it from 10 um and i always train the goal was to train to enjoy that race um because it's all right just and this is what i'd kind of say if anyone i got keep on going back to coaching but if you train for these longer swims train it so you enjoy it not just to make it like there's a big difference between like oh i crossed the english channel but it's like i don't want my dad just crossing the english channel in october in august like and saying yeah i gotta cross like it kind of sucks if you it was such a struggle and you didn't enjoy it so I was kind of wanting Rotness to be like that. Um, and so my whole plan with Rotness was really just feed every 20 minutes for 10K and then I'll go every half hour and I'd really just drop my time. And I just dived in. I think at 10K, I think I had a 50-meter lead. Um, this is over some pretty quick swimmers. And this is over also a swimmer that won it the year before in race record. Like the conditions were really good, but really quick swimmer. And so I got to got to 10k I, I think I, I took a feed just after 10k because they got boys so you know when it's a 10k boy and it was around two hours and and I thought I, I thought I picked it up at the 10k or you know when you're swimming you think you pick it up but you probably really just go in the same pace and I go to get my feed and my partner she's like nah I'm not feeding you you haven't picked it up She's like, go another couple of minutes, faster pace, and you, then I'll feed you. So that's that's kind of what I'm dealing with here with a partner. Um, <laughs> and so then, so then from that 10 to 15, I just, um, I think I put almost 600 metres in everyone. Like it was a quick. And then from there, that last 5K, I just kind of switched off and just enjoyed the race because one, I knew I'd won it. And if I, kept on pushing myself like i'm not gonna i wouldn't have got a race record those conditions and plus open water race records conditions are all different i'm not a big fan of it's not like in the pool so i could really just switch off make sure i didn't like i suppose swim till i hit like hit the wall which that's so just swim conservatively and i can just really just enjoy it for the last hour 
5k into rottenness, which is um really enjoyable knowing you've won, you've got an hour of just, just enjoyable swimming. Um, and I was, yeah, so that was that was kind of my rottenness swim, and yeah, pretty pretty fun. And then I came back the following year because I hadn't actually won it, so that was 2019 and then 2020 before COVID. And um, I did it as a team, and we had uh, my same skipper. Um, somehow ended up staying in his house with the team that was myself, Jared Port, so he's two-time Olympian, Dave McCann, two-time Olympian, and Wally Eagleton, uh, Bondi lifeguard. And so we were doing it as a team. And because the team, we were one of the young, like because they put the teams out in like plus 100 years or plus 150 out in order. So we we're actually the last, one of the last waves to go. So we were swimming through boats for the whole, I think it was four-hour race. So it was crazy, and I think we were rotating every two minutes. So then I had it that year as a team, and that was just fun again. So doing as a team, so you get to sit in there for in the water five minutes, out for 15. And even though winning it in 2019 was kind of an accomplishment and it was fun, doing it as a team is so much better. So if anyone who I'd say maybe you can't think you can swim 20K, we'll just do it, swim it as a team. It's just as fun. Um, if well, I'd say more fun and you can just swim five minutes in the water, 15 minutes out if you want to do even splits or if you're a weaker swimmer, you don't have to swim as even as far as other one, other swimmers in your team. And then if you desire and you want that challenge, you can then do it as a 20K swim or you can do it as a duo. So I really think it's one of those swims that anyone in Australia or wherever, I'd highly recommend it. Yeah. You make it sound appealing for the first time ever that I've spoken to someone it's, about it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good. You can see it's really shallow all the way out there. So it's like 10 metres deep apart from the shipping channel all the way out to Rottnest. And then you've got, you can get accommodation on Rottnest or you can catch a ferry back to Perth. It's, yeah, I, I love Perth. I love Rottnest. Um, yeah, good good place. Good swim. Yeah. Do you, do you have a kayaker with you when you do that as well as the boat? Yeah. Yeah, so you, you got the boat and you got the kayaker. So, um, and then you can, the kayaker can either feed you with whatever drinks and um, carb gels or whatever you're having or if you have bananas, whatever you want. Um, and then you've got the boat um, just there as that little bit more support. So, yeah, really good. And I've, yeah, I'd love to get back over there. Um, but, yeah, see what, see what happens. I've always got – at the moment, I'm just swimming yeah. maybe four sessions a week, just trying to stay just healthy because I don't, I don't really like going to the gym. Running, <laughs> uh, running, <laughs> running. Um, <laughs> do I do so, Cycling's fun. Like, I, I'm, I love cycling, massive cycling fan. Would have rather been a pro cyclist than a swimmer. Um, but, yeah, now it's winter and cold. Like, I'll get out on my bike, but – it too is a struggle. So you end up coming back to swimming. And I think I've found that chatting to a lot of swimming mates. Like you have a lot of swimmers that swim throughout their age group years and early twenties, then they stop. And then they realize they come 30 and it's like, Oh, well, I need to do some sort of exercise. And it somehow just ends out oh, swimming's the easiest. <laughs> well, it's not the easiest, but it's maybe what you know. And that's why you go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much and if, if you've got those yeah. motor skills and you grew up with it from that level but then i suppose with master swimmers or if yeah. you're coming into it a bit later it's just such a good sport to do like the water before work in the morning it wakes you up but you're just feeling the water between your fingertips mm -hmm. or the weightlessness 
when you dive in, it's yeah, I, I just love that feeling of getting up. And it's kind of like if you if you decide to sleep through the alarm because it's too cold and then you're not going to work yes. without a swim, you're like, ah, oh. yeah, the same. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> and there's, there's a bit of it when when you do do that and you, you sort of get to work and other people have, haven't done that and you feel a little bit of sort of, you know, self-satisfaction with being able to get up at that time when everyone goes, how do you get up at 5.30? Yeah, I um, like my partner, she was a elite swimmer, a bit better than myself, um, but she, she won't touch the pool or whatever compared to I'll just keep on getting up. Um, and yeah, I, I just love it. But unfortunately, swimming doesn't quite pay the bills, so you've got to have other careers. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll continue to might go over at Rot Nest um, next year. I don't know. Or next thing I've got up is going to the English Channel with my old man in late August, early September. So that's really the next goal. And I'll probably go for a swim with him at the beach tonight and then going to the pool with him tomorrow morning as well. Yeah. Which pool do you swim at down at Torquay in at Cardinia? Or yeah, just going at Cardinia. There's a good good little group down there. Um, so yeah, job change between there and going to the beach. Um, so pl- plenty of options. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just trying to stay fit and yeah, obviously really enjoyed all my time in those elite elite sports chasing those goals. And now it's just about finding different goals and I suppose at the moment I've actually, I'd normally, if I'm trying to get really, really fit, I'll try to swim with like a junior kind of open squad. But at the moment I've been training out of Melbourne Grammar with Buddy, which is more of your, your master's squad. So maybe I'm coming around to being one of those older swimmers, <laughs> even if I don't want to say it. How is Buddy? How's he going? He's good. I, mm. I just I just swim in the side lane with, I mentioned before, like Nick Cordner swims there. He's won Peter Pub a few times. And he was, so there's some really elite swimmers. And in the squad that he has, he's got past Olympians there from like New Zealand. He's got guys that can swim who have like run sub 220 for like a marathon. So it's like it's just interesting talking to all these different people. And oh, wow, that's, that's incredible. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just like hearing people's stories. I like, yeah. If I'm if I'm not swimming, I'll be chatting at the end of the yeah. pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a bit of a character buddy. I uh, had a bit to do with him when I was a teenager, but it's good to see that he's still on pool deck. I love it. No, he's, he's still doing it. It's good, good little group. So yeah, I'll just keep on swimming wherever there's, I suppose, a bit of social life. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> now, before I let you go today, I have a little Q and A that uh, I wanted you to answer. It's a, like a deep dive, it gives us a bit of a snapshot of your swimming training. What is your favourite open water swimming location that you've ever swum in? Don't don't do this if you're not a fast swimmer or a uh, experienced swimmer. Can you see that photo? So that's that swimming out through Lockhart Gorge to, towards Twelve Apostles. Um, very very sketchy. Um, that was with my dad and one of his mates a few years ago. So that's one spot that's pretty fun, pretty amazing. Um, other spots I think can't go past like freshwater lakes in Canada, and that's why I suppose I like water swimming i'm sure a lot of people do is it's not just the same old 50 meter pool um so that that's that's kind of my thing so yeah any freshwater lake or nice freshwater river would probably be my favorite you, you don't go quite as quick and you realize you've actually got to work to stay above the water but um yeah that probably that probably be my favorite yeah good answer 
And what about your favourite open water swimming goggles? Which ones would you recommend? I I just, whatever's comfortable. Like I I was pretty, open water swimming goggles, you always stuff them because you get sand in them and no matter how, whatever the marketing is or whatever, anti-fog, anti-scratch, like that, that's me. Um, I would just, whatever you swim in in the pool, I normally just swim in in the open water. Um, I don't change anything. It's, it's, I'll have multiple pairs. Like I was anal as anything with having multiple pairs. I'd always have my own different race pair because you'd chew them up otherwise. Um, that goes same thing for like a swimming stroke for anyone listening. Whatever you swim in the pool, just keep that same stroke for swimming in the ocean. Um, that that's my best advice and that that's always what i had my pool stroke with my water stroke yes i never had one of the prettiest looking uh pool strokes but there's lots of i think swimming and distance freestyle swimming you'll see them over the years and you see all the different freestylers there are some that olympic gold medalists and their strokes look not that great compared to the person they're beating next to them and i think yeah that's why i don't know that's i've gone off a bit on more like a tip but yeah, whatever your stroke, it's unique to you. So don't care if it doesn't look as good as anyone else's or whatever. But yeah, goggles, just whatever fits nicely. Um, plenty of good brands out there. They're all made from yeah. the same factory, same same plastics, same rubbers. You can't really go wrong and they all sell them for around the same price. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and at training, do you prefer kick or pull sets? I'm a pool set but i understand to be a good swimmer you've got to be a good like this is you you want to have a good kick so i always kind of went by the saying things you hate make you great so i hated kick but i was like fuck i gotta do it so i've, <laughs> I've like done it. some i've done some pretty big kick sets in my day just hating life holding onto the kickboard just oh but yeah you, you've got to do it um and you don't want to get complacent and be one of those swimmers that just always puts a pool boy in when because your hips are dropping just really focus on keeping the hips up keeping good body position and having strong legs yeah yeah good advice and what's your favorite freestyle drill to do at training freestyle drill can't go past just just a basic just one arm with a snorkel um just really focusing on that front front catch like really getting that high elbow and then driving through the hips. It's such a basic drill. It's such a slow drill. But then putting on the snorkel, it means you isolate, the, you isolate your head so you don't need to think, out, think about breathing. You can't do it with breathing. It just makes it that little bit more complex of a drill. But if you isolate that breathing, then you can think about holding your legs high with your kick and really just extending out with your arm and getting that high catch. Um, I'm sure a lot of people, that high catch unless you've grown up from a young age, like just that flexibility in your shoulders, your arms, all that is, is hard to get. But yeah, just going nice and slow, really slow in your lane, just working on that body rotation with that one arm. It's just a nice, simple drill. Yeah. Do you keep your other arm out in front or by your side? I keep, I keep mine by my side. You just yeah. full on isolated and it makes it... I want to say it makes it a little bit harder. If you have that arm out the front, it can it locks you up a bit with your rotation yeah. compared to if you have it down by your side, you can then just rotate. And then 
yeah, it's it's just it's just a nice simple jewel. There's so many jewels out there, yeah. but realistically, there was only I think in my swimming, I only really liked five jewels or so. Um, well, that's freestyle. Then it's say butterfly jewels, backstroke, breaststroke, whatever you want to talk about. But um, you can get a lot out of that. And then if you just think, even just th- swimming, working on good technique, like I kind of also classified that as a jewel because you're just working on chuck on your snorkel. I love a snorkel. Isolate that breath. And then you can just move forward with good technique, um, high elbows, good rotation. And then as long as you've got a recovery, simple, as long as you have a relaxed recovery, it doesn't really matter what it looks like. As long as you, you should be, if it's relaxed, it should be right. Um, yes. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of with my swimming. And it also goes with, like, I was one of those swimmers that had a high stroke count and obviously still do. And I was really kind of just had my swimming as like a cyclist just dropping down in a gear, like, even though I didn't have as high stroke count, it means I wasn't loading up my arms quite as much and I wouldn't lactate. So I could just keep on going, going, going. It's a lot different to some other swimmers you'll see. They're loading up and catching a lot more water. Um, but I just found just having that high stroke rate, yeah, I might slip a bit, but then I'm not lactating as much. So I don't know. That, that's how I swim. Everyone's got different like swimming coaching styles or tips um but that that's really mine and just keep it simple and enjoy it yeah um as long as you're moving through the water if you don't want to think about your stroke don't think about your stroke just swim um but yeah if you've got a good bit of stroke technique and you just think about it here and there you'll you'll go a long way yeah good advice i love the kiss principle yeah simple stupid (laughs) yeah it's it's same with like racing i always got a bit um this is going off track like i just like keeping racing simple not even having like a race plan of such um i quickly learned in my this is going off track but in my swimming i used to get way too nervous like i used to vomit before races um way too much like you vomit red power right and it's not i'd still get good results but you don't really want to be vomiting for a race because you're too nervous. And it wasn't until I realized (laughs) that no one really cares how you swim your results. Like the people that matter to you or your friends or your family, if you win or come last, they're still going to love you. If you win the race, let's be honest, it's just swimming. Even if it's Olympic gold medal, there'll be different things the following week. Everyone will forgotten. Yes. Like, and then once you find that, that this is how it took all the pressure off me. And then you quickly realize, oh, sweet, that's simple. I'll just race. There's no nerves. It doesn't really matter how I go. I just want to have fun. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty blunt way of looking at it, but like, it's got a bit of truth to it. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, everyone moves on and you might have reached your goal. And that, that's great if that's your goal. But if you didn't achieve your goal, your family's still going to think the same of you. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a really healthy way to think about it. Absolutely. Um, but you couldn't, you couldn't tell like a junior swimmer that. Like that's definitely not the right, definitely not the right way to talk to a junior swimmer. Um, no, of course not. <laughs> but <laughs> that's with the, the benefit of maturity that you, you have that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then as a junior swimmer, like it was the opposite way. Like, until because I only really started vomiting probably after 13 or 14 all the way up to 20. When you're say 10, 11, 12, 
um, you don't really think. You don't overthink things, so you don't get nervous. Yes. Like you just dive in and swim and have fun. It's only when you start thinking about results, you start thinking about it, which you shouldn't, but you're always going to. Um, but, yeah, then you realise no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been lovely connecting with you and hearing about your swimming journey and you've been a pleasure to have on the podcast. And good luck with your secret um, open water swims coming up. And I'm sure we'll hear about them after they're completed. Oh, the the their projects, their projects, mate. The projects, um, yeah. The, the, yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll happen, I'm sure. Yeah, hope, fingers crossed they do. <laughs> okay, well, best wishes and good luck to your dad doing the uh, English Channel. Yeah, thank you. Okay, see you later. There you go, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Sam today and learnt something unique and new about open water swimming to take away and implement in your own training. We absolutely love bringing you this podcast each week. And if you enjoy listening, I'm asking you to do me a small favor. Could you take two minutes out of your time to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. It really helps other swimmers find us and we want to reach as many other master swimmers as we can. If you have time to do this, I'd really appreciate it. Till next time, happy swimming and bye for now.